Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Dubinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers, and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest is the founder of the Badasspreneurs Business School and the host of the Badass Wellness Coach Show. I just like saying that word, badass. His passion <laughs> is guiding solo wellness practitioners through their rainmaker initiation journey so that the way they can avoid the costly mistakes, spread their healthy vibes, and build a bank balance that makes them smile from ear to ear. Isn't that what we all want? At the end of the day, everybody, please welcome to the show, the host of the Badasspreneur Show, Didi Hoffman. Didi, how are you? Oh, I'm awesome, Cliff. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor being here. It's great. So tell us a little bit more about your, your business. What do you do? Who do you serve? Yeah, Cliff, we actually, I have two businesses. The first one is the SA Herb Academy where we actually, let's call it retool our own indigenous healers in, in Southern Africa into a more in a naturopathic Western herbal medicine. And then the main business at the moment where I'm spending most of my time is on the Baddest Preneurs Business School. And as you've said in the introduction, we do what we call retool them and retrain them into being a rainmaker. And a rainmaker, as you know, in other professions is the person that brings the cash into the business. We had the problem with our students on the Herb Academy with COVID that they didn't have the skills to go do it, go and do this online. They had the skills to do it offline, but not online. And that's what the Badass Preneurs Business School do is we help them to become the rainmakers so that they don't experience cash droughts. Yeah, because cash droughts are absolutely the worst. But you bring up a good point. There was something, so in another podcast uh, with Russell Brunson, he brought up that basically there are three types of people in a business. You have your CEO entrepreneur and your income level is whatever you want it to be, right? But then you're the employee and you're capped. And the third person in the organization is the rainmaker, right? They can, they can have like, you know, unlimited income, but they don't have the stress of the entrepreneur and they're not capped like an employee. I love when you talk about the rainmakers being the ones responsible for bringing money into the business because that's absolutely true. What is it that made you decide to get into podcasting in the first place? Yeah, Cliff, I think like many other people uh, and podcasters, you know, I was playing with this idea for about five years. And then when I started with the Baddest Preneurs Business School, I had two dilemmas, two challenges that I had to overcome. The first is that my local South African market wasn't big enough to be viable for starting a business school. So I had to reach out to other overseas markets and I had enough friends and family in the United Kingdom, Australia, and in New Zealand to contact them, you know, and, and, and ask them to, to help me to have some empathy for, for that target market. But I had a problem in North America. I didn't have enough context and I needed a way to get that insider knowledge. Uh, and I thought, well, a podcast is a good idea. So you know, <laughs> I could just invite guests that already know the business and interview them. And then th that was the one, the next challenge they had was actually to get customers, to get clients, to get students. So 
And again, I think a podcast is a brilliant tool for using that because if you put on your Rainmaker hat, it's all about building relationships. It's all about getting to know yes. people better. And what, what does a podcast do otherwise than that? You hear the two of us, we've been chatting via email, but now we get to meet each other and we get to, to chat to each other and we get to know each other a little bit better. So I just love that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely great that you bring that up. And I want to explore that a little bit more. I'd like to go back and talk about your, your business and helping the Rainmakers. How did you initially get started going down that path? What made you say, hey, I want to build a business around this to be able to help these Rainmakers? Well, with COVID, Cliff, our traditional leaders in Southern Africa all had offline businesses, one-to-ones, and that was shut down. You know, when we got our first, yeah. it was just shut down. So the income was shut down. And some of them reached out to me because they were students and they knew we had the online platform at the Herb Academy and said, Didi, please help, please help. I need to be able to do what you're doing with me as a student. I want to do that with my clients. And that's, nice. how, it, and that's how it came about. I did two or three one-on-ones, you know, help. And then the entrepreneur said, hey, wait a minute. There's a business here. There's a demand for this. There's something that you can do. It's something that you're good at. So start a business around it. Nice. And with the, the podcasting and getting started into it, what was it that made you realize that podcasting was such a great tool for building relationships? I love that question. I read an article quite a while ago from Jay Abram. It's floating around on the internet and it's called the strategy of preeminence. And I had a look at that article again, and I, and I realized that a podcast is actually a very good preeminent conversation device because a podcast is something that I could go and reach out to the insiders in the, in the health coaching industry, as well as my clients, and offer them something that they didn't ask for anything in return, except for come spend an half an hour with me on a podcast. And I gave them something right. valuable that they could walk away from afterwards. I didn't sell my services, but it gave me an opportunity to get to know them better. And from there on, hopefully you'll get the students. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with that. And I'm definitely going to look up that article. And for our audience, we'll link it on the show notes down below because I think that's absolutely great. So tell us, what what is podcasting really done for your business? Well, to give you a good example, we launched a, a study group. Having the business school mindset model is I've found a topic that I wanted to teach something on, and I found a very good book about it, a textbook. So I launched a study group around it. Now, normally when, my, when, when I do that, that'll be a free study group, but I decided, okay, let's do a little experiment. Let's see if I can actually sell this study group, put a price tag on it. And we did exactly that. I put a price tag on it, made it a little bit preeminent in terms of price, made it expensive because I wanted to filter the people. And I contacted the guest that's been on the show and said, this is what I do. It's a topic that's, that's close to all of our hearts. Would you be interested in the study group? You have to buy the textbook and you have to buy the fee. Buy, buy the fee. And I actually had to turn people away. It was sold out. So... It's a, I think it's a business model that all of us as podcasters can just expand on. Thinking long-term that it's a preeminent conversation device and then use that to provide a service. So I think it's a game changer for me, Cliff. Exactly. And now, did, were you using your, your uh, podcasting platform to promote the, the study group? 
Not at all. Not at all. I, I reach out via email to each of them. Uh, some of them, I, we've been in contact via WhatsApp as a texting. Some of them, you know, right. I, I reach out to those that I text with and the rest email. Nice. That'll definitely work. When you get into podcasting, why don't you share with us, what was one of the biggest struggles that you had? <laughs> oh, I love that question. <laughs> I had many. <laughs> I had many and I still, and I still Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> I think the two biggest struggles of me, Cliff, was first of all, time management. I totally, totally underest yes. underestimated the amount of time that this was going to take. So I really had to, 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 you know, work out workflows, work out the productivity around it and prevent myself because I tend to do that. I tend to go on a down a rabbit hole with something. So I needed to figure that one out very quickly. And then the next one, and I'm still struggling with it, I'm not nailing it down at percent, is uh, filtering out the right guests. I ask other podcasters the same question, and I think it's something a lot of us struggle with because a lot of people want to use your podcast as a promotional platform for themselves, and that's not my idea with it. So I think those are my two big challenges. So I want to go back and talk about the time management thing because truth be told, that really hit home with me because when I started my podcast, I was taking anywhere between 10 to 12 hours for a 30 minute episode. And for me, that wasn't sustainable, right? As being at that time, I was a solopreneur as being the chief rainmaker. If I wasn't out there doing revenue generating activities, no money was coming through the door. So it was like, here it is. I found something that I loved, something that I thought this is something I can get better at. But at the same point in time, it was consuming one day a week, which, yeah. you know, I didn't have that bandwidth. So before you were talking about taking a look at like workflows, things like that, could you share with the audience what one of those workflows looked like or how you developed it? So I started, yeah, obviously I started working out on paper and try and figure out, you know, how much time am I going to allow myself to spend on each thing? Uh, because I had exactly the same problem as you, I had to be developing courses, I had to be getting out and, and, and find students. But then I, I went back and I've been using Trello for a long time. I went back to Trello and I just put up a Trello board and I just divided oh, everything nice. into, into one list. So I have one list for, for, for when I reach out to a guest and they go, they got, they got a little card on that. And then I've got a next list for my pre-interviews because to solve my my guest problem, I added pre-interviews, which I didn't add before. I'm still also new to, to podcasting. So I think it's a, it was a critical step for me to figure out. So then I go to a list with the pre-interviews and then a list where they are booked. And then I've got my production. And last is a go-to production list. And then the final list is just the promotion list. And each of those, I've made a template in Trello. So it's got checklists. So as they move in it on from Trello board to Trello board, uh, I just tick off the checklists. I love that. And with your fur in there inside of Trello, I actually created one myself. So that way I could see where every podcast episode was in every stage, you know, of development. So you've got your pre-interview, you've got your interview, and then you got post-interview and then you've got editing. And, you know, so that way I can quickly see uh, at a glance where I stand inside of the board. And that's just something I created. And so the question I got for you is, is when you're setting this up, the term I'm thinking of is a Kanban board. And I don't know if it's yeah. South Africa, it's called the same thing or not. Yeah. How did you get exposed to that idea? Where did that come from to do it that uh, way? I've, 
I've been actually been using it for quite a while in my business with other projects, Cliff. Um, it oh. was just a question of, yeah, the same with, with the blog. I've been using it for quite a while. So I was fortunate in that. So it wasn't new software that I have to go and learn or a new system that I had to go and learn. It was just a question of taking my podcast tasks <laughs> and plotting them out. And I'm still refining it. And that's a nice thing about the cello board is you can, you can refine yes. your checklists and find something. My, my ideas, let me put it this way, the, the thinking behind starting the cello board is I said to myself one day after doing production, you know what? You have to outsource this at some stage. This is not sustainable yes. to do it on your own. So let's start that now so that I have a system that when I want to outsource, I can take a VA, put the email through the training and say, okay, this, this is your responsibility. And I absolutely love that you recognize doing that because I had to go through a, a very similar growth process earlier this year, especially with starting with this podcast here is that I just recognize that even though my podcast process is like half of what it was before, I still was going to need somebody helping me, right? Because I want this podcast to be successful and I want to get, get it out in front of as many people as I can. So that means, you know, having to offload certain activities, you know, like you, it's having that VA, but making sure that you can just, like I said, with being a solopreneur for so long, you have to get comfortable with letting go and, and letting other people be able to chase some of those activities down. So I, I think that's really great. I'd also like to spend a minute here talking about filtering out the right guest for your podcast. What is your thought process behind it that makes you say, I think this person would be good, or I don't think this person would be good? Well, Cliff, I'm, <laughs> I like the question because I'm still struggling with that. What I've done to make it easier for myself, and just a little bit of background on myself, I'm a total left-brainer. So I like to 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0 0.5. You know, I like nice. to have steps. So what I did is I made a, a list for myself that I call my big five criteria. So I have five criteria that I look at the potential guest and they have to tick all five blocks and I'm still refining it. And I can share that with you if you want to, because that's just for, my, for myself a filtering system to make sure that I don't waste a lot of time chasing the person, sending out emails and trying to get them on board if it's not going to be good for both of us in right in having the interview I, I like once again when you say that you're left brain it definitely shows because everything is checklist and step by step and i was absolutely loving it what has been one of the biggest successes that you've had with your podcast i think the biggest success that i've had is i was i was about 12 15 episodes in and then i had this and it was at that stage a brilliant idea, but it turned out to be a very stupid idea in the end. But it was also <laughs> my biggest, my biggest success. And, and I'll share with you why it was a stupid idea, but I decided I'm going to do a virtual summit. Um, and I think that was one of the things the podcast gave me the confidence to organize something like that. Uh, and it nice. really was a big, it was a big success because I had all the tools and I had the confidence to go and do it. Why I say it was stupid, it became a time drain and it took focus away from things that I should have done and spent the energy on. But I'm still counting that as a very success because I made a lot of friends. I did what you expect to do with a virtual summit. I built a, overnight a huge email list of potential students. So it, in that nice. sense, it was success. 
I would have just, in retrospect, I should have waited five or six months longer before doing it. Because I think I could have then do it, done it even better. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all that's what we all feel every time we do something. Like, oh man, I can do this better. I can do it better. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, you you bring up a, you bring up a really good point, and I want to make sure that I point this out to the audience when you said that podcasting gave you the confidence, right, to do this other marketing channel like Virtual Summer. I hosted a Virtual Summit myself this last summer. Loved it, made some really great connections from it, helped to build my email list. And that was one of the skills that directly translated was the fact that, you know, I've loved podcasting. I love talking with people. I love asking questions. So now it was like having these other experts come onto the summit, put me in a position yeah. where I could use the skills from podcasting now to create a much better summit and i'm also doing challenges at the same point in time so again okay. the podcasting has directly translated over into other skills so i do want to ask this question because there might be somebody out there that is either thinking about doing a summit might want to do a summit what was it that made you decide to push forward and have a summit yourself at, at that moment and i love the question thanks cliff we, we all are on, entrepreneurs and you sit and you think okay i'm the chief rainmaker here for this business so what is the one thing that I can do that I can very quickly get, expand my, my authority in this niche because I'm relatively new in the niche. So how can I do that very quickly? And if it wasn't for podcasting, Cliff, I would have never thought about a virtual summit. Never, ever. Because nice. then, I, then I would have, you know, had to still do all the, all the background work because I had the podcast, so it was quite easy again. I totally underestimated the amount of time that that was going to take. I think you know yourself with your chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, so it was late nights, lots of coffee, uh, and a lot of stuff like that. To <laughs> <pull it off. laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Cause I think with somebody's out there who's thinking about doing a virtual summit, the actual easy part for me was doing the interviews, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, you're, you know, like one and done in an hour, you know, hour and a half, what, however long that might take, right? That was just yeah. so easy. It was everything else. It was finding the guests, coordinating yep. the time, you know, doing all the marketing to it, trying to get it out in front of as many people as you possibly can. And, and some of your guests will promote it. Some of them won't. And yeah, yep. when you said it was, it was a lot, it, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's just super time consuming. And so yep. my, my particular summit launched last July. And I remember that I just booked the whole month just to work on it, right? That's the only thing that I did because I was banking on the fact that people would sign up for it. Some people would take my VIP package, which was, you know, great. Loved, loved the money, loved the value I was able to give them. But more importantly, being able to, you know, build up that email list. I went on vacation after the summit was over because I was like, man, I need, I need a break. Because <laughs> like you said, late nights, you're drinking like three pots yeah. of coffee a day, just trying to keep up and you know, you, you dream about this. I totally get it. And so kudos to you. Cause you, another thing that you point out that in, in podcasting, I often tell people, you know, you should treat podcasting like it's the tip of this, of your marketing spear, right. Rather than oh, just like that. a part of it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's more than just creating, uh, going out and creating content. It's like you were talking about there. And I wanted to reiterate this point. You said that if you weren't even in podcasting, you wouldn't even have thought about doing a virtual summit which turned out to be an, you know, marketing tool for you to grow your email list. And like you said, to be able to build that authority, right? These are just some of the side yeah. effects of having a, a podcast and being able to 
being able to translate those skills over. I, I have to ask this question because 60 to 80% of podcasts out there go into pod fade. Entrepreneurs who are starting a podcast, whatever it is, a lot of them are, are struggling right now. So for those entrepreneurs out there that are having you know difficulty, what would be a piece of advice or a couple pieces of, it, of advice that you would give them? Oh, Cliff, again, that's a great question. I think from where I sit, and I'm still new to relatively new to this, and I have to struggle with that myself. What keeps me going is I have the long-term picture, like you've said, and I love what you said about this being the tip of your marketing spear. Uh, and that's a long-term vision that you need to have for yourself of why I'm doing this in the first place. You know, have that little North Star for your podcast and just know one thing, you know, Podcasting is done for me in nearly a year that I've been doing it. It's done for my business more than all the other stuff that I've done on. So have that vision, hold to that vision, and just remember that this is a long-term project. This is this is a quick this isn't a quick fix. It's it's not a silver bullet. Yeah, I know we've covered a lot of things in here. For instance, your struggle with time management and everything else, and that all goes you know into play. Um, with podcasting. And I love that you talked about the long-term vision, right? You're able to see in, in just within this last year, podcasting's really impacted you. It's really changed, you know, your business and your marketing. It's opened doors for you. From your standpoint, you, you definitely get it, right? That that the podcasting is just a really great uh, and awesome tool, opened a ton of doors for you. So that's great. The, the you know, the one thing that I also want to bring out too, is the fact that you talk about creating systems and processes, which I think is just so important for any aspect of your business, right? If you figure out a system where yeah. you're able to get clients or a Facebook strategy or an Instagram strategy, whatever that might be, but creating that process, documenting that process, uh, number one is critical, but number two, I think would actually help you to figure out what steps could you eliminate, right? Cause you and I've been talking about yeah. 10, 12 hours to do a podcast episode. So what are those activities that you're doing when you take a look at that process that sit there and say, I wonder if this one right here is really important. And if I don't do this, it'll give me back a half an hour of my day. I think those two yeah. things working in combination, is just absolutely brilliant. Having that long-term vision, you know, just reminding yourself, Hey, this is why I'm doing it. And, and I think what you've done here is you've, you know, especially for the entrepreneur that's just starting out with a podcast is you've painted a really beautiful picture of you know, look where podcasting can take you. I've been doing it for one year and these are the opportunities that it's bringing me. When you started podcasting, did you know that already? Or is this something that you've just kind of been feeling out as you've gone? No, I definitely didn't know it. You know, you, you do your research and I spoke to a few people that had podcasts and I tried to get a, a mental idea picture of where it will take me, but it, it completely blew me out of the water with what's really possible. And again, uh, like you've also said, Cliff, you need to be a real entrepreneur about it and you need to stick to your guns. But what works for me as well is I have a little 10 minute, 15 minute, just reflection time after each podcast episode I record. And I just sit there quickly and I say, and I start with the popular stuff for myself. You know, Al Diddy, you know, what went well for you? Uh, what did you learn from your guest? And I make notes on that. You know, what did I learn from my guest? When I feel down and I'm not really sure, you know, and, and, and sometimes I think you, you will relate to this. You, you, you have a recording doing you think, my shit, you know, why did I do this? Um, and yeah. then I just go back, all those positive things I wrote for myself. 
And then I, you know, I just lift myself up for that. I absolutely love that because this was something until you mentioned it, you know, this was something that I didn't think about actually making it a part of the process. But typically when I get done interviewing with somebody and I'm already doing this on your sheet, writing down all these ideas and different topics that you're talking about to really help me to reflect on what people are saying, because this is much of a journey for me, you know, as, as it is for my audience, you know, and I've, I've learned so much from, from the guests that, that I've had on the show. And today talking about the long-term vision with you, just one more thing that I learned that I wrote down and said, yes, this is important. And making sure that I convey that, you know, to the audience to really be able to think about that. And plus being able to absorb all the great nuggets of information that you're getting from your guests. Uh, I think, man, I just think that's re- re- it's really powerful. Look, it's a powerful medium. I, it's really a powerful medium because we, we get to connect yes. with people in person. Uh, it's not via email or die DMs on, on, on a social media platform. I can see your face. It's building powerful relationships and just, and that's what business is about in the end, Cliff, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's all about the, it's all about the relationships for somebody who's listening to this, right? They might want to check out your podcast, follow you online, whatever that might be. What's the best way for them to do that? Look, there's two ways. Uh, first of all, I'm, I've, I've stuck to LinkedIn. I've decided that I, I tried Instagram and I tried all the others. It doesn't work for me. I, I, I haven't got the bandwidth, so I've stuck to, to LinkedIn. Uh, it's Didi Hoffman on LinkedIn or just the website. You know, it's badasspreneurs.com. It's such a unique name. That if you type in badass premieres, uh, it's, it's the first one on Google. Uh, thanks Google for that. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> and on, on the, on, on the website, they can get all the social media links or where they want to connect. Sure. And for our audience, we'll have those links, uh, in the show notes below. And just one final thing before we go, kudos to you for recognizing that LinkedIn is your platform and going all in on it. You know, there's so many people out there Thank that are under this impression that I got to be on all the platforms and I got to do all these things and da, 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 da. No, you don't, right? You have to pick the platform where you can connect with your yeah. ideal customer. And that for you is LinkedIn. Yeah. So I, I do want to make sure I point that yeah. out to, to the audience and that's working very well for you. So that's good. Didi, well, thank you so much for being on the, the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thank you, Cliff, for having me. And I really enjoyed our chat. Uh, yeah, you're doing awesome work, my friend. Just keep, keep on doing it. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now, within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.